1: I'm Stuart Finlay. Welcome to the Life Study program on Free FM 89.0. Life Study of the Bible is produced by Living Stream Ministry, Anaheim, California, and brought to you by the Church in Hamilton. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21 year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Scriptures. This week it's Ed Marks with Witness Lee for our program in the Life Study of the Gospel of John. This is the second message with the title The Dispensing of the Triune God for the Producing of His Abode. The verses are John chapter 14 verses 3 to 6. If you'd like to contact us, our telephone number is Hamilton 853 2620 which we will repeat again later. Now here's Ed and Witness Lee.
2: With us on the program again today is Ed Marks. Ed, today's message is the second dealing with this topic of the Lord's going in John 13 and 14, and it is rather a controversial passage of Scripture. Could you give us a little review of the last message?
3: Yes, in the last message we saw that there are two major sections to the Gospel of John. The first section is the eternal Word incarnated to bring God into man. And this is a marvelous section, especially we saw from John chapters 3 through John chapter 11, how when God as the Word becomes flesh to bring God into man, he is the very divine, eternal, uncreated life of God to meet the need of every man's case. And this issues in a house of feasting in John chapter 12, which is a miniature of the church life. But eventually when you come to John chapter 13, John chapter 13 is a transitional chapter, and then in John chapter 14, we come to another big section, the second great section of the Gospel of John, which is from chapter 14 to the end of the book through chapter 21, and what we see in this chapter is Jesus crucified and Christ resurrected, going to prepare the way to bring man into God for the building up of God's habitation. And in John 14, what we saw last week is the Lord says, I go to prepare a place for you. The place is not a physical place. And the way to get to this place is not something physical either. Actually, the place is a living person, and the way is a living person. Actually, where the Lord wanted to bring the disciples to is he wanted to bring them into the Father. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will receive you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. And then he says, and where I am going, you know the way. But Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Well, if you look uh, just a few verses later in verse 12, the Lord says, I am going to the Father. And his whole intention was to bring his disciples into the Father as the place. Then he says, in answer to Thomas' question, he said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he is the living way into God the Father, and God the Father is the very place that he wants to bring the disciples into. What we want to see is that both the way and the place are living persons. The Son is the way, And the Father is the place. And through his death, he prepared the way for the disciples to come into God the Father. Through his death, he dealt with sin, sin, self, the world, Satan, and every negative thing. This prepared the way for the disciples to be brought into God the Father. Then in his resurrection, we see in John 14, verse 20, the Lord said, in the day of resurrection, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me, and I in you. It was in resurrection that he brought the disciples with all the believers into God the Father as the very destination and as their very dwelling place.
2: Now let's join Witness Lee.
0: My Father's house. According to the natural concept, all Christian readers of this book would think My Father's house surely refers to the third heavens, where the Father dwells. Well, this is the interpretation by the human natural concept. We all agree we shouldn't interpret the Bible according to the human natural concept. We must interpret the Bible according to the Bible and with the Bible. Now, in the same book, this term, my Father's house, Is used twice. Here in chapter 14 and there in chapter 2. In chapter 2, my father's house is the physical temple. Not something in the heavens, but something rather on this earth. And that physical temple was a type, a figure of Christ's body. Christ's body is the temple. Christ's body is the tabernacle, is the temple for God's dwelling place on this earth. Right? The interpretation of this phrase, my father's house, is clearly shown in chapter 2. Okay, now we come to chapter 14. We have the same phrase, same term, my father's house. You please tell me what it is. Is this the third heaven? No. No. Surely no. This is in one book, right? In one book, in chapter 2, you have the, my father's house, which is the body of Christ. Now in chapter 14, you have the same phrase, my father's house, which is what? The third heaven? No. Surely no. Then what? The body of Christ. No doubt about this. No one can deny. Okay, now we got the proper interpretation of my Father's house. That is the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is the church. And in the epistles, this point of divine revelation has been fully developed in the epistles. In the epistles, we are told... In details that the body of Christ is the church and the church is the house of God.
2: Ed, this section began with an area of dispute among many Christians, that is the real meaning of the Father's house in John 14. The natural concept and the divine revelation once again don't
3: match. Would you develop this matter for us a bit more? Yes, most Christians, or at least many Christians, think that the Father's house here is heaven or a heavenly mansion. But I hope that those who are listening would come to the Word again to see what the Bible says that the Father's house is. In John 14, verse 2, the Lord says, In my Father's house are many abodes. Now, if we want to see what the Father's house is, firstly, we have to see where the Father's house is mentioned in John another time. Well, if we go back to chapter 2, verse 16, this verse shows us that the Father's house was the temple on earth, the physical temple at that time. When the Lord saw the money changers in the temple, he got very upset. He cleared them out of the temple, and he said, Do not make my Father's house a house of merchandise. At that time, the physical temple was the Father's house. But later at the end of chapter 2, he says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And then John tells us that he was referring to the temple of his physical body. This shows that there was a dispensational change taking place. At one time in the Old Testament, the Father's house was the temple in Jerusalem, the physical temple where God dwelt. But now that God has become a man named Jesus, God dwells in Jesus. His physical body was the very temple of the triune God. So he said, destroy this temple, this physical body of mine, which is the temple of God, the Father's house, and in three days I'll raise it up. Well, through his death, his physical body was destroyed. In resurrection, his physical body became the mystical body of Christ. Now, according to the entire New Testament, the body of Christ is the Father's house. This is why First Timothy 3.15 says, The church is the house of the living God. The house of the living God is not heaven or a heavenly mansion or some physical place. The house of the living God is the church as the body of Christ. Then in First Corinthians 3.16, Paul goes on to tell the believers, You are the temple of God. This means that collectively all the believers as the many members of Christ's body are the Father's house, his very temple. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2.5 that all the believers are living stones in God's spiritual house. God the Father's spiritual house is composed of all the believers as the living stones. Hebrews 3.6 says that we are God's house. Ephesians 2.21 and 22 tells us, that the believers are God's habitation, God's temple, built together into a dwelling place of God in spirit. So all of these scriptures throughout the entire New Testament show us that the Father's house is the church as the body of Christ. And the many members of the body of Christ are the constituents of the Father's house.
2: Let's return to today's sharing from the Gospel of John.
3: Now. Let me check
0: with you. Do you, or do any one of you believe that God in this universe has two buildings? One building of a mansion in the heavens, another building of a church on this earth? No. That is not logical. God has only one building. God is not satisfied with the third heavens. You may love the third heavens, but I tell you, God doesn't feel so satisfied with the heavens. You read Isaiah chapter 66, which says, I like to have a dwelling place in man, not the heavens near the earth. I like to have a dwelling place in man. I like to dwell in man. I like man. I love man. I don't love the heavens. I don't love the earth. I love man. I like man to be my habitation. I like to dwell in man. You better read Isaiah 66. So many Christians are dreaming too much about heaven. But God is us to come down. Well? So many Christian teachers, I don't know, they say what the Lord told us that he was going to prepare us a heavenly mansion. But eventually, they all agree the heavenly mansion in John 14 will be the Jerusalem, the city with a foundation prepared by God in Hebrew 11 and will eventually be the new Jerusalem. My goodness, listen to this. You know, the new Jerusalem will never stay in heaven. As we read several times, the new Jerusalem will come down out of heaven. You desire to go to heaven, God is expecting to come down out of heaven. But anyhow, we all have to be clear, God has only one building right, yeah. in the whole universe. That is what? That is, in the Old Testament time, he was building his redeemed among the Israel. Typified by the tabernacle and by the temple. You know, in the Old Testament time, there was the tabernacle and there was the temple. The tabernacle and the temple were a symbol of God's people being God's dwelling place on this earth. That was God's building in the Old Testament time, right? Then, in the New Testament time, the church is God's building. And the church, in the spiritual sense, is the continuation of the tabernacle and the temple. In the Old Testament, you had the tabernacle and the temple, but in the New Testament, we have the church. Amen. You are God's temple. Amen. Today, we are God's temple. And eventually what? Eventually, this building of the Old Testament saints and the new testament saints will ultimately consummate in the new jerusalem and this is god's building
2: well ed in this section witnessly presents us with a powerful presentation that god's purpose in building is not a mansion in the heavens this is a pretty profound departure from the
3: conventional understanding isn't it it is a departure but what we have to depart from is the traditional unscriptural understanding of this passage we want to come back to the word of the scriptures to see what the Bible says about this passage. Firstly, we have to emphasize that God has only one building on this earth. In Matthew 16, the Lord says, who is the very God, he says, I will build my church. This is Matthew 16:18. I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. What is the Lord building right now? He only has one building. He is building his church, and the church is the body of Christ. So the Lord is only doing one thing on this earth. He is building the church. It's ridiculous to think that God has two buildings on this earth. His building is a spiritual building, not a physical building. When he says, I go to prepare a place for you, what the Lord was saying is that he was going through his death and resurrection to prepare a place for the believers in God. And by preparing a place for the believers in God, many people interpret the New Jerusalem as a physical place or a great heavenly mansion. But Revelation 21, tells us that the New Jerusalem is the wife of Christ. The New Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. If you want to interpret the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21 and 22 as heaven... It's not logical because, again, let us come back to Revelation 21, verse 2. It says that the New Jerusalem comes down out of heaven from God. So if you want to go to heaven, the New Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven from God. God's goal in this universe is not that the believers would go to some physical destination. His goal in this universe is the New Jerusalem, which is his very wife, his very bride. And he wants to transform us so that we can become his bride.
2: Now let's go back to Witness Lee.
3: If we
0: read Revelation chapters 21 and 22 carefully, we could realize that Satan is not a physical thing. It's a living Satan composed with living persons because all the names of the twelve tribes will be there. And all the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb will be there. And you will be there as a piece of the jasper stone built into the wall. And no doubt I will be there. And no doubt we all will be there. Praise our That is a living composition of living persons built together as God's dwelling place forever. You please tell me, in the church age, doesn't God have a dwelling place among men on this earth? Sure, he has. Where is this? The church. Where is the church? The people. I tell you, God dwelling place today on this earth is a living composition of living believers. Wherever we the living believers are composed together, we are the what? The dwelling place of God on this earth. This is God's building. This is God's building. But listen to this. We all have to be clear. We could never be such living persons for the building of God's dwelling place among men on this earth unless we got blood washed and life regenerated. Unless we got redeemed, cleansed, washed by the redeeming blood and regenerated by the divine life, we could never be a living part of this living building. And this building is just the body of Christ and all the abodes are the members of the body of Christ. Meaningful. You are a member, you have to realize you are an abode. And this is fully proved in verse 23, in the same chapter. The Lord said, I and the Father will come to my lover and make an abode with him. Jesus lover is an abode. We all are abodes of this building. Hallelujah. I go through death and resurrection to bring men into God for the building of God's habitation. This is the building of the church. Mentioned in Matthew 16 18. The law said, I will build my church. In Matthew 16. Here in John 14, the law says, I go to prepare a place. Do you think these are two things separate one from another? Impossible. The law has only one word. It doesn't mean the Lord is going to prepare a place in the heavens, and on the other hand, he is building a church on this earth. This is not logical. So you put these two portions of the word together, you can see to prepare a place is just to build a church. To build a church needs him to go to prepare a place. And the result is in the building of the new Jerusalem. He is now building the church, I tell you, this building of the church equals to the building of the new Jerusalem.
2: Ed, there is a lot that you may want to comment on in this last portion, but I would first like to ask about this word abode. In verse 2, this word is not often translated this way. Some translations use mansions here. Is
3: this a source of some of the confusion associated with this portion of Scripture? Yes, I believe that it's obvious that this translation is the source of some confusion associated with this portion of Scripture. The Lord in verse 2, in John 14, verse 2, he says, In my Father's house are many. The most accurate translation is abodes. In the Father's house are many abodes. King James Version uses the word mansions. And this is an, actually, this is an Old English word, which The best translation for our common understanding is abodes. The reason why we say this is the exact same Greek word is used in verse 23 in the singular where the Lord says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make an abode with him. This shows us that the Lord's believers who love him They are the abodes. They are the dwelling places. When we receive Christ into us, he comes into us as the very embodiment of the Father God. He says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. When we receive Christ as our Savior and our life, he and the Father come into us, and we become his abode. Not only do we become his abode, he becomes our abode. We are in him. And he is in us. This is a mutual abode. So when the Lord says, In my Father's house are many abodes, this is what he means. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Again, we want to emphasize that the Father's house is the church as the organic body of Christ. In the organic body of Christ, we are the many members of the organic body of Christ. And as the many members, We are the many abodes, the many dwelling places in the Father's house. This is absolutely wonderful that the triune God has made us his abode and that we are the abodes in the Father's house, which is the church as the body of Christ. Again, we want to emphasize that the church as the body of Christ is the Father's house. And the Father's house is not a physical place, but it is an organism. It is the body of Christ. We are the members of the body of Christ, and as those members, we are the abodes of the triune God. I would also like to encourage the listener, because this is such a great and even complex subject, I want to encourage you to get the Life Study Messages, to call in for the Life Study Messages that go along with this radio broadcast. This will give you an opportunity to study this portion of the Word in a more in-depth way. Again, I want to say that this portion of the Word is very deep and very high, and we welcome any questions you might have. We hope that this particular program has blessed you with more of the divine revelation concerning God's heart's desire in this portion
1: of His Holy Word. Ed, thanks for the fellowship. The words, I go, in John 14, verse 2, mean that the Lord was going through death and resurrection to bring man into God for the building of God's habitation. This is the building of the church mentioned in Matthew 16, verse 18, where the Lord said, I will build my church. The Lord had to do a work of preparation. He had to go to the cross to remove all the obstacles. On the cross, the Lord abolished all the barriers between us and God. By death and resurrection, the Lord paved the way and prepared the place that we might be brought into God. The Lord's intention is not to bring us into heaven, but into God, into the Father. We're always happy to hear from you and to answer any questions you may have. We have copies of the recovery version of the New Testament with its accompanying footnotes available. And these are free. We'd love to send you a copy you can call us on Hamilton 853-2620. Once again, 853-2620. If you'd rather, you can order a free copy from Bibles for New Zealand. That's at bfnz.org.nz. We also have a phone number, 0800 40, 40 80. Join me again next week at the same time, 2.30 p.m., when we will have the next life study in the book of John. We close today with the hymn In, In, In. it's from the CD Divine Romance. So now
0: today we're calling Harry. We dwell in him and he is dwelling in us. We're in the sweet and God and man, how glorious, he said, in my Father, in me, in you, in that day you'll know, I'm in my Father, you're
1: in me, and I am in you, he said, in my Father, in me, in you. You're listening to Free FM 89.0, a great station supported by New Zealand On Air. We hope you've enjoyed today's life study program, and thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening to this free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support free
3: FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/slash freefm89 to find out more.